Whatever you're going through, you just tell it. It won't work. I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping. I'm not looking back. I got my eyes set forward and I'm running this race. It won't work. You can take everything I got, but it won't work. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It won't work. Hallelujah. Well, well just go ahead and praise him. It won't work. Well, I dare you to praise the Lord in this house. Woo! Trust Him. Praise him right now. Come on, give him a hand clap and a shout in this house. Hallelujah. No weapon. No weapon. I believe the Lord's give us power over all the power of the enemy. So let's believe that today. Come on, one more hand clap and shout to the Lord. We got to move. We got to move. Hallelujah. The Lord's not done. I don't want him to get left behind. We want to keep moving the way he wants us to go. We're so thankful for the way the Spirit of the Lord's moving in this house today. Thankful for a lot of young men that we have coming up in this church that are just on fire for the Lord. They, and not just that, I'm here for show kind of fire and 
and then they disappear and they're not faithful to church. But I'm talking about guys that are faithful to church and faithful to the Lord and, and they want to do a work for the Lord. They minister, they pray, they, they preach different things. And so this month, actually, I'm trying to, we have so many of them, I'm working them in as I can. So I can still preach sometime. I mean, I got to preach some. But, but I also know that these guys have, it's not just for them to get practice. It's because they really have something to say from the Lord. They're not just, uh, I'm not giving them notes and sermons and say, here, just go preach that so I can let them practice. They are praying and seeking the Lord for a word, and then they, they preach what God lays on their heart, and I appreciate that because I love these people here, and they know I love these people more than anything, and I, I want to see you blessed. And so... Today, uh, Brother Wendell is going to be preaching to us. Brother Wendell, come. Let's make him welcome. Give him a hand. Glad to see his family with us. Brother Van Meter, I have a feeling this will be better than Bill Gaither. I love you. You had to be there. Some of us were. <laughs> We love you guys. Glad y'all are here today. Hello. Why are you telling me no, Chris? It's the right mic. There you go. There it is. Praise the Lord, everybody. God is good. If you're wondering why I have this abnormally large bottle of water here with me, it's because I woke up this morning with a bunch of cobwebs in my throat. <clears> throat> So try to bear with me if you can. We'll try to learn something that God wants to tell us today. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give you the title of my message first. It's called, If They Ever Figure It Out. And then we're going to read Ephesians 6 and 12 and then Luke 9 and 1. It says for... For we wrestle against not flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Jump over to Luke 9 and 1. It says that then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. If you could lift your hands up and help me pray for the message. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to anoint this congregation, Jesus. Lord, anoint the, my voice, Lord, to bring the words to your people, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God, for the things that you have already done in this service, Lord, and the things that you are about to do. I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. going to read a couple more verses, jumping over to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, and then we're going to jump down to verse 8. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Drop down to verse 8. 
For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for the edification and not for the destruction, I should not be ashamed. See, Paul, he's writing this letter to the church of Corinth because they were having some trouble. They were having trouble remembering the power and authority that they had in themselves through Jesus. Webster's Dictionary describes authority as the power or the right to give orders, make decisions, and this one's my favorite, to enforce obedience. You have to, to enforce it. It doesn't matter if Jimmy wants to go take the trash out or not. You hold the authority. He has to go do it. And authority is a powerful tool. It's the cause of you slamming on your brakes when you see a car parked behind a bridge going down the interstate. It's what helps you get things done at work if you possess it or roll your eyes and complain under your breath if you do not. You know y'all have done it before. It's the difference between a criminal walking free and spending 20 years behind bars. When you have authority, you have power. And the Bible says that God holds all the power. Romans 13 and 1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God's. The powers that be are ordained of God. That's a really confusing way of just saying God has all the power, and any power that you possess is from him. The first book of Acts says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, When you are born again, you are born with authority. If you have the Holy Ghost, you already have the power and the authority to cast down thoughts, to break off chains, and to evict evil spirits and every high thing that rises up against God. God has already given us dominion over spirits, but a problem with us sometimes is we don't use it. Genesis 1 and 26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. See, Adam had dominion, and he had authority over the serpent, but he didn't use it. And that's something that hell hopes that you get too busy and that I get too busy and we forget that spiritual authority comes when you are born again. See, a problem with us apostolics at times is that too many of us were praying and we're fasting ourselves near starvation, conference hopping and talking pastor's ear off, all while searching for something that we already possess. Power over the enemy. But see, when we don't insert the authority that God has given us, why do we get surprised when we find ourselves in the dungeons of hell, chained down and being attacked day in and day out? Because one thing about your authority is that it needs to be fed and renewed. You can't get promoted at a job to manager and only show up to work one day a week and expect to hold your authority and power that was given to you. It's not as powerful if you do not use it. It's not as powerful if you don't feed it. And it's the same spiritually. You have to feed it. And church is where you get your authority mainly fed. That even means on Wednesday night Bible study. (laughs) 
Now, before anybody starts riding in the parking lot and lying outside pastor's office over there, I'm not talking about the ones who have to go out of work for town or the ones that have to work late or have family issues or who are sick, and there's a list of reasons that it's okay. I'm talking about the ones of us who get up and we get off work in time and we decide that laying in bed in our comfy clothes staring at a piece of glass is more important than getting up and getting fed by the Word of God. So we can be carnal if we want to, but when we start missing two or three services a month that's not Sunday morning worship, then we might need to start opening our eyes and paying attention because you're starting to fulfill someone else's plan for your life that's not God's. Another thing about spiritual authority is that it holds the enemy. The enemy will always try to press it. And I'll always try to test and see if you will use it. But the thing is, he won't tell you when he's going to do that. The enemy will not tell you when he is about to attack. Just ask Job. The enemy is constantly, if the enemy is constantly running his mouth in your ear, it's because he has zero authority to touch you. And even if it tries to go behind God's back and attack you anyway, Luke 10 and 18 through 19 says, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as a lightning from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I have found this verse to be true. The last time I was asked, pastor asked me to preach a couple months ago, I said, well, I get to preach. I'm going to go buy me a new suit. So I went to the mall, and I bought me a suit and left the mall, and I'm sitting at a red light doing my favorite thing, waiting for it to turn green. And I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting for my green arrow, and then the arrow turns green. And then all of a sudden, I just start to push on the gas and slowly take off. All I see is the green arrow, and what I do not see is someone who has very poor decision-making and even worse, depth perception. Because I look over... And all I see about three feet from my door is the hood and the grill of a BMW. I slammed on brakes. I didn't even have time to say Jesus. I tensed up and just said, God. And I opened my eyes and I didn't, and nothing happened. I looked to my left, there's no car there. And I looked to my right and not swerved off to the side of the road, not in my door. But I saw the taillights of the BMW line perfectly up with my car. I started to pull off. I pushed the gas and I'm shaking. And I started to pull off. And I just said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then God said, He didn't have the authority. The enemy can't touch you without God's approval. No matter how bad he hates you, no matter how bad he despises you, no matter how bad he wants you to fulfill the will of God in your life, they can't do anything. You ain't going to get mad if I take my tie off, are you? You might say, but preacher, my mind gets tormented every day. 
How do you explain that? Well, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. He has no choice. The devil has, doesn't have power over the people of God. I think my collar's all messed up. Bear with me. If it's messed up, just deal with it. So, which one did I go to? Was it camp, uh, senior camp? Was it senior camp or teen camp that I did the sound for? If any one of y'all were at the, the senior camp this year, you know that Sister Cole came and visited with us. Sister Cole's been living for God for, what, 90, 90-something years? Longer than anybody in my family's been alive. And she's been living for God that long. So I sit there, and I, I, I talked to her. I took a picture with her and just the normal stuff when you see people like that. And the whole time after I talked to her, I was walking around the, the sanctuary at the campgrounds, and I said, man, I wish there was something that I could ask Sister Cole. I wish there was a question I could ask her that would benefit me and maybe other people down the road. And I was sitting there thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. And then I walked up to someone, and I said, hey, where's Sister Cole? And they said, oh, she left. I was like, man. I'll try again next year. I said, but you know what? She might still be outside. So I ran out the door, and little old sister, sister Cole's like wobbling, trying to get up into this big suburban thing that somebody was riding her around in. And I said, Sister Cole! She turned around and stepped down. She said, yes. I said, I've got a question for you. I said, and your answer could help. I said, it'll help me. I said, but it might potentially be able to help other people down the road. Not knowing that I was going to preach this message one day. But I asked her, I said, Sister Cole, I said, in your 90-something odd years of living for God, I said, what's the one thing that you have found that combat the enemy when he attacks your mind? And she looked at me, and she said, well, that's simple, son. She said, whenever the, ad- whenever the devil attacks my mind, whenever the enemy tries to come after the most important thing, she said, I simply cast it out in the name of Jesus. And I went, whoa. I've been trying that for four years, Sister Cole. Now, I didn't tell her this, but I was like, I've been trying this for years. What are you talking about? It's still there. And then, and then I was just like, oh, well, thank you, Sister Cole. I appreciate the advice. And she started getting back up in her expedition or whatever it was, and then all of a sudden she stopped and she turned around. And she said, but the key of it is to be consistent. She, she said, because once you, she said, one thing is the enemy will attack your mind and you'll cast it away. She said, but he'll always be back the next day. And I said, you know what? You are right. You have to be more consistent. The only power he has is the ability to bluff and to lie. And if he can get you to believe his lies, then they have the power. But if you decide to stand up against his lies and claim the promises of the Lord, then there is nothing the enemy in hell can do about it. See, the enemy is trembling in fear that you won't one one day wake up and see the authority and power and potential that you have through God. The enemy can only lie and bluff, and it's only when you believe him, then he holds the power. You might say, well, preacher, that's not true. You mean to tell me, and the enemy lies and says to you, 
You know that thing you've been fasting about all week? It's not going to happen. That doesn't make you want to pull into the first Wendy's you see and break the fast. See, hell's lies can impact us whether we realize it or not. But if we can learn when it's the enemy whispering in our ear and feeding us the lies, we can remember the advice Sister Cole gave us because we have the power and the authority. We can shut down their entire game plan and they can't touch us. Now, I'm not preaching that you're some kind of immortal superhero. You can still get hurt out there. And I'm just going to tell you all what my loving father told me growing up. If you're going to be stupid, you better be tough. And he, he, he used that on me quite often because I did a lot of stupid stuff growing up. But anyway, like Romans 13 and 1 said, God holds all the power. But what hell can do is whisper in your ear and tell you lies and try to alter your thinking. In World War II, I, unlike a lot of people my age, love history. And in World War II... They had, this, they had this thing called propaganda flyers. Some of y'all might have heard of them. Some of you might have, don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Let me explain. World War II flyers is where the enemy, whether it was the Axis or the Allied, they would make up these little pamphlets. And it would say, it would have a law written on it. America actually used it a lot towards the enemy. But it would say something like, it would say something like, the Axis is losing the war. Your town is about to get overtaken, and your general is already captured. And none of that was true, but they would make up thousands and thousands of these flyers, put them in missiles. They would take the exploding, the exploding contents out of a missile and shoot them over the enemy lines, and they would bust and travel everywhere. Or they would load them up in a plane, fly right above a city, and dump them out. And the whole key was to say that they were winning the war when they weren't. Not to beat them, but to make them think they have been beaten. And that's one of hell's favorite forms of warfare. The enemy will tell you that all hope is lost when it really isn't. The devil is a liar and he is a deceiver. And him and his buddies are best in the business. John 8 and 42 and 44 says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I possess forth, so I proceed forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he that sent me. And let's just take a moment to appreciate verse 43. Jesus is talking, and he says, Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my words. I didn't know Jesus possessed that kind of like attitude when he talked. But I was like, yeah, you tell him, Jesus. Then verse 44 says, Ye are your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, that wasn't King David's tent maker's second cousin that wrote that. That was Jesus. 
And I know that there is, this is nothing new to any of you, but it's something that God wants us to remember today because there's someone in here who feels chained down and has heard the lies from hell for so long that you're starting to believe it. Chris, I want to have Christopher bring up a little demonstration for us real quick. I went back to my elementary school days. If you can just dump them out right here. I revisited my elementary school days and bought a bunch of construction paper. And over the past two nights, I've been making these paper chains. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Good job, Chris. Let's give Chris a hand clap. That dude is Mr. Consistent. Every time I can't make it for sound, homeboy has my back. Can I say homeboy? (laughs) So... Thank you, Chris. He does a great job back there in the sound. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> see, the thing, let me walk down here so you can see it a little better. See, the thing with this chain is it is virtually useless. It's made out of paper. It probably... It wouldn't hold anything. It could probably barely hold itself up. It's weak. It's virtually useless. It can't hold anything or anybody down. But the thing is that this chain is no different than hell's. Now I need Jake. And you've got to bear with us, people. We did not rehearse this. We did not rehearse it at all. So, hell's going to tell you that no matter how much you pray, how much you seek after God, how much you fast, that that chain will always be pulling you down. The enemy will always be whispering in your ear. And what the enemy likes to do is to wrap his chains around you while he whispers stuff in your ear. Like I said, bear with us. He'll look at us. Throw your hands up. Praise God. He'll look at you and he'll say, ooh, I knew that was going to happen. That was my fault, Chris. Throw your hands up and praise God. Okay. He'll look at you and he'll say, put your hands down. Don't you remember what you've done? You're not worthy to worship God. And then he'll look at you and say, You know that church that you go to sometimes, or that church that you used to attend? They don't care about you over there. They don't want nothing to do with you. They'll stare at you if you walk through the door while he's putting a chain around your feet. (laughs) He'll say, don't lift your voice up to God. You'll look unsophisticated. You can't carry a tune in a bucket. While he's wrapping a chain around your throat or your voice. And another important one is he'll say, you know, you know that tithes that you're paid in? While he grabs your wallet. He'll say, that's your money. You earned it. 
you deserve that money. It's not helping the church anyway. There's other people in that church that'll pay their tithes while he's wrapping a chain around your, your wallet. And he'll say, I know that it looks like your answer is not coming. And that's because it's not. While wrapping the entire faith in his whole body in chains. And we've got one more pastor. This one seems to be one of the most successful. The next one. And it's where the enemy gets behind you. And he says, I see what God has planned for you. But that thing that God's wanting you to do isn't... You're not cut out for it. He'll look at you and say, don't, don't you remember again what you've done? You're not qualified for that position that God wants you to do. You've never spoke in front of people. You've never sang in front of people before. You should just let someone else that's more qualified do that job. Why don't you keep sitting there and keep doing what you're doing, which is nothing? While he walks and looks in your future and he throws your chains, his chains over your future and your blessings that God has laid out for you. And then he takes a step back. And he admires his work. And says, he looks at all of his buddies and he goes, hey, look at this guy. These paper chains are holding him down. Can you believe that he actually believes that he can't go anywhere? This is crazy. This dude's a moron. No offense, Jake. He's like, this dude's crazy. He actually believes that he is being held by these chains. And if we can keep him believing that these chains can't be broken, if we can keep her from ever reaching her full potential in God, if we can keep him from fulfilling the will of God in his life, then we have this one won. We don't have to drag them out of the church. We don't have to tempt them day and night with things. We've already got this one. And then him and his buddy sit back and admire. Then he says, but if they ever figure it out, If they ever figure out, no matter how weak they feel in the spirit, then they're still stronger than our biggest chains because they have God. I hope they don't realize that they have the, the oh God, I hope they don't realize that no matter how hard they try, they could break anything we throw at them. If they can ever figure out what they have, then we're done for. If they can ever comprehend that they have the authority through Jesus Christ, then we're through. If they ever figure out we don't have dominion over them, we can't win this battle. We can't conquer any of those people. If they ever figure it out. sitting down in the front.
God wants us to grasp something today. It's that the enemy is in some huge, monstrous, evil being that towers over us, tightening down his chains, and that we have to be afraid of, waking up each day, praying that it doesn't attack us. That's the concept that they want us to have. They want us to fear them. They want us to believe that they're lies because that's their main weapon is illusion of what they really are. You say, say, well, preacher, I feel depressed. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be depressed anymore. You don't have to take pills for your anxiety any longer. You don't have to live with that addiction whispering in your ear every day. God has given us the authority. God has given you all the power over sickness and spirits. They have to leave. They can't torment you day in and day out. Just call on the name of Jesus. You're not bound by the chains that you are wrapped in. You might say, but preacher, you don't know. You don't know how strong these voices are and the attacks are on my mind. You don't understand how easily temptations are to me. You don't know what the enemy puts in my brain every single day when I wake up. I'm going to tell you something that a preacher told me about 10 years ago. He said, Wendell, I know that it seems hard, but if the enemy could kill you, if the enemy could destroy you, you would be dead. And I'm here to tell you that today. If the enemy could destroy you, if he could wrap you up in his chains, if he could hold you, you would be gone, you would be bound, and you would be dead. But you know what? You're still here, and you're still standing, so it doesn't matter what chains the enemy is trying to wrap around you, whether it's sickness, loneliness, stress, anxiety, lust, depression, anger, confusion, addiction, envying, feeling lost, telling you your answer will never come, saying that it all isn't worth it, telling you church is a waste of time, it's all a lie, and it's all straight from hell. It's a shame when we preachers look over congregations and we see weak chains holding strong people. They wrote a verse for it about it in the Bible. Galatians 5 and 1 just says, Steadfast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. See, hell scared to death knowing that you know that you are not bound by their chains. Remember, Satan is the father of lies. So if the enemy tells you that you're worthless, you are valuable to the kingdom of God. If the enemy tells you that you can't be forgiven, God doesn't even know what he's talking about. If the enemy tells you that you're not good enough, then you're overqualified. The enemy tells you that your prayers aren't doing any good for that prodigal, then your prayers are vital to someone's salvation. Don't give in to hell's lies. 
They can't bind you unless you let them. They know that their chains are weak. They know their chains can't hold you. But you have to convince, they have to try to convince you that their chains are stronger than your God. They will make you feel like you're permanently bound. They will make you feel like all hope is lost. But just like the World War II fires, they can make you believe that you've been defeated. But if the enemy could have stopped us, they would have a long time ago. Let me rephrase this. If hell could destroy Restoration Apostolic Church, it would have a long time ago. But you know what? We're still here and we're still standing. So we need to make sure today that Satan and his colleagues don't forget that we have figured it out. We're going to use it and we're not going anywhere. I've got some more, but God's ready to do his thing. He just simply wants us to remember who has the real authority. Who possesses it? So I'm going to open up the front of this church. And anyone who wants to just simply remind hell that it's not as strong as it says that it is, if you could just come down and throw your hands up. Thank you.
I'll tell you, the, the Spirit of the Lord's in the house. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Not bondage, but liberty. Now, if you weren't here in the first service today, you realize that a lot of the scriptures, even this one that's still on the screen, a lot of things intersecting. God was just building us up to this point to remember his faithfulness, remember that he's there with us. He's going to defeat every enemy. God would not fill you with a heavenly promise so you could be the the enemy's plaything. I'm going to fill you with my spirit, wash your sins away, call you my child, then I'm just going to let the devil have you. That ain't him. Him. The Lord loves his children. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. There's one thing that came to mind is sometimes we worry. And I'm not adding to his message. I'm just preaching a little bit. Something that came to me that I thought of. Sometimes we worry that I've got to get free secretly. Because I don't want the enemy to know that I actually got free. Because <laughs> then he might try harder. But there's a scripture that says that neither things that are present nor things that are to come can separate me. And so what I'm going through now, he can't beat me at that. And if he even has time to try to sit around and think of something new, whatever comes won't be enough. He can put his best effort into it and he still won't get me. It just won't work. It won't work. Won't work. It won't work. <laughs> so, won't you find somebody? Take them by the hand, and you let them know. Say, I, I, I'm going to. I want you to remind the person. You ain't got to know what they're going through or if they're going through. I can answer if everybody's going through something, but I want you to remind that individual. That if God be for you, because his message was if they ever figure it out. So you just tell them, so I'm fixing to help you figure it out. That you've got power. No matter how you feel right now, you've got power. And some chains are about to break in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Some of them paper chains about to fall off in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift that hand up. The one you're holding, lift it up to heaven beside you. In the name of Jesus, let me remind you today. Let me help you figure it out. With Jesus on your side, nothing is impossible. There ain't no weapon for Come on. Let me remind you, you got the victory in the name of Jesus. He is defeated.
Aleluia! 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 I got the victory in the name of Jesus! Somebody shout like you got the victory! We've got the victory. Oh, come on, that's it. Lift your voice for a moment. Let the Holy Ghost talk in this house. Yeah, let the Holy Ghost talk in this house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, God's doing some great stuff. Keep praying. Come on, let the Holy Ghost move in this house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I've got the victory. Hallelujah. I've got the victory today in the name of Jesus. Healing and deliverance in the name of Jesus. Healing and deliverance in the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. He said it's something in his preaching to that the powers that be are of God. And then I thought about victory because we're sitting here talking about victory and we've got victory and the enemy can't do nothing against what God gives. And thanks be to God who giveth us the, the victory. It comes from God. You're not praying for victory. You're praying from victory. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. You've already got the victory. It, God has given us. It, this, that was written to the church to remind the church, hey, while you're fighting battles, while you're going through things day by day, remember to give thanks to God who gives us the victory. It's God ordained. That's why Jesus could make the statement, I'm building a church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it because I'm going to give it the victory. It's going, to be in the, it's going to be in the mortar, in the mixture, in the foundation. When I'm building it, it's going to be built on victory. You got the victory. Tell your neighbor, you got the victory. And if you ever figure that out, let me just tag into his message. If you ever figure that out, but see, that's what he don't want you to know. He don't want you to figure out you got the victory. He just wants you to believe you got a bunch of mess and a bunch of chains. But boy, look at these chains. Just That's the way it really looks. It's just all apart because he is defeated. The devil is defeated. I, I don't never read about us being defeated. But I do read about the enemy. If a child of God will trust the Lord, he said, you'll be like Mount Zion that can never be removed. And let me tell you, all the elements that can be thrown at it will be thrown at it, but those mountains are not ever going to move until God's move them. I'm thankful today that God's give us the victory. Amen? Amen. Tell neighbor again, you've got the victory. Now give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. What a great God. Praise the Lord. Brother Wendell, that was a great, great message for the church today. Wonderful. And it was, you know, it was right in line. Like I said, the Sunday school built right into this, just set us up for this so good. And uh, so I'm thankful today. We've got a God. Remember that. You've got a God. And there ain't nothing. You, he's greater than anything this world can throw at you or anything that you can throw at yourself. He ain't, the Lord ain't just greater than the devil. He's greater than you and me. Because <laughs> we're our own worst enemies sometimes. So let me tell you, the Lord can straighten us out too. One man said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He knew where to go for help when he's having problems and struggling help me with it so let the Lord straighten you out keep you on track keep your mind on him you're going to be victorious in Jesus name praise God thank you for being here let's give all our visitors a hand today we're glad you're with us hope you were blessed in this service today if you were praying for healing receive it in the name of Jesus we believe it's coming we're glad to have everyone with us. God bless you. Be with us again when you can tomorrow night, 7 o'clock prayer meeting. 
Hope to see you here. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another.